The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcasts belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, the incomparable Stacey Boudry, and Hall of Famer Dr. Michael Milstead couldn't be here on this episode. Shout out to those two as they prepare for going back to school. Student engagement will be at the forefront of all educators' minds this fall. In my experience, nothing engages students more than music, and especially hip-hop music, as well as the culture. So whether you're a fan of the genre or not, students have now been engaging with the five elements of hip-hop culture, breakdancing, DJing, graffiti, MCing and beatboxing for the last 47 years. In this episode, we speak with renowned hip-hop educator Ike Ramos, the Director of District Partnerships at Nearpod. Mr. Ramos, a former middle school principal and coach, has capitalized on his avid love for hip-hop by making it in his career. Remember rapping Duke, the hard, the hard? I bet he never thought that hip-hop would make it this far. So let's collaborate, communicate, and educate right here on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And I'm here tonight with one of the most hip-hopist educators I've ever met, Mr. Ike Ramos. Yes, sir, man. Thanks for having me. When I say hip, you say hot, baby. You know, I'm still doing that, man. It it works like a charm every time. Yes, you it know, does. it does. It's an easy it's an easy way to just remind folks how contagious, how much energy you know hip hop brings to the table, and just man, it's it's a human element that it taps into. I think that just it's undeniable. Folks connect with it. I've done that when I say hip, you say hot with a room full of. You know, superintendents, and every time, even if they're reluctant at first, by that second, third time around, they're rocking with it. So yeah. I think it just speaks to the power of, of the culture and the art form. I have seen that in action, sir, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you that that's 100% true. Now that I was a witness to that, I had the fortunate event of meeting you, I think, at ISTE, maybe Chicago? No, 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 no. It was before Chicago. Um, Philadelphia? GCA? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. ISTE... No, it was before Denver. Was it, was Denver? it Denver? Has it been that long since we met? Um, we'll Denver be, we'll, was the first I went to. Chicago, we were boys by then. Yeah, did you yeah. go to the concert? You went to the concert? <laughs> you know, I was, hey, I didn't want to get them all into that one yet, but yes. We're going to talk about yeah, that so one. That's definitely going to so be. So we might have met at Denver, man. Maybe, uh, maybe it was Denver. I was thinking, I was intrigued by the fact that I didn't know that vocabulary has such a huge following. I kind of like stumbled up on it in my high school class 
and I was using the product, but I kind of thought that it was not associated with the culture. I, you know, I just judged it. I was like, eh, you know, they they rapping a little bit, but you know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? That's how right, I approached right. it. Yeah. I, I, I was just talking with somebody today about that. And I was skeptical. And then I met Mr. Ike Ramos rocking the crowd. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you became interested, and up until you got to working and working crowds with superintendents and teachers and principals. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I've been in, I think I'm a, I'm a good example of the power of hip hop because I didn't, you know, I grew up in Texas, a little bit outside San Antonio, San Angelo in that area. They call it West Texas. It's really kind of like central Texas. So it wasn't like a, just the most on fire spot to be for hip hop, right? Yeah. Clearly. And somehow hip hop found me there. And, you know, I think, I think that speaks to how far it's traveled, uh, how contagious it is. And I, I mean, I literally had to be three, four years old and I was break dancing. I was listening to hip hop. I had some older cousins that I had an uncle that was already break dancing. So he kind of helped accelerate that passion. I had a cousin that was really into a lot of hip hop that wasn't on the radio, you know, things like Pete Rock, The Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. And so he opened up my eyes to a whole nother world of hip hop from the musical aspect. Literally, I mean, as far as I can remember, it's, all I thought about, talked about, like, you can ask my friends back even from junior high, high school, like, we're on the way to a basketball game, everybody's chopping it up, having a good time, I'm back there with my headphones, listening to the new mix, they're like, you're not even thinking about today's game, are you? And I love hooping too, but I was just so into it. Fast forward, I go to college, that's really when I got to kind of spread my wings and fly, right? Now I'm in a, I was in Austin, uh, went to UT. So there's a bigger hip-hop scene there. Not quite like Houston at the time or even Dallas, but a bunch of talent and a, a bunch of people I was able to connect with and start really honing in on my craft. So I was DJing, I was producing, I was rapping. So fast forward from that, college is over. And now I'm like, what am I'm not Jay-Z yet, so what am I going to do, right? Yeah. And educators were the only folks outside my parents that I ever really had as a role model or somebody to look up to. You know, I got into education, taught high school, was doing hip hop a little bit, trying to keep it undercover. I was still, uh, you know, I wasn't 100 percent convinced that you could marry the two worlds. Yeah. Kind of doing it on the fly, rap for the kids here and there, maybe have some rules and some rhymes. But the students found one of my videos online oh. or no, they saw it on TV. It was airing on like the local uh, TV network, like a kind of like a local VH1 for Austin. Yeah. They saw it. I denied it. They found it on YouTube. I couldn't deny it. Yeah. I got called into the office. I, I thought I went into the meeting thinking I'm going to lose my job. I leave as the principal uh, for the next school year. Wow. Yeah, man. It was, uh, again, all credit to hip hop, you know, and they even called that out and said, you know, just the ability to connect with the kids and kind of speak their language. Uh, instead of running off, we'd rather keep you here and, and, and make you a principal that's going to keep you in the education system. Wow. And so I did that. While I was a principal, I started writing rap for Flow Cabulary. So a lot of a lot of times folks will say, oh, that's your company. And I'm like, I sure wish, man, because, you know, it just got acquired by Nearpod, but no, it's not. But, um, you know, I believed in the mission, the vision. I came at vocabulary kind of like you, skeptical. Like, are these cats really fitting? Do they honor the culture? Is this some culture vulture stuff going on? What is it? I actually recognized some of the artists that were on the vocabulary songs. Back then, there was even some beats from, like, Ninth Wonder. My my guy, Spectac, who's now with us full-time, he was on some of the songs. And 
So just some talented artists, and and I could tell that there was an intention around making sure it was authentic voices. So I started writing for them, performing, and then now I'm here at Nearpod and Flocabulary, you know, as a director, fast forward, you know, five years. So yeah, man, it's, it's been a crazy journey, and it's all, every opportunity I've ever had as a professional has revolved around hip hop. I find your story amazing because I appreciate anything that takes a look at anybody's culture and especially my culture that I can associate with growing up in Texas as well. You couldn't tell us we wasn't South Central LA, man. We was sagging. We was draying. I just appreciate people who can work inside the culture. Yeah, man. You know, I think it's key and I think we're at an interesting point. You got folks like yourself, like me, who grew up on hip hop, who love it, but have, have grown up, right? My, my boy, Babu Blake, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a, he works in Austin ISD and, and around, I don't know the, his exact role, but around culturally responsive uh, teaching and training for teachers. And uh, he has something called Hip Hop Grew Up. Folks out there can look that up, but I caught myself saying the words and I had to shout him out, you know, saying that, look at us, we've, we've grown up, we're, we're educators, yeah. educational leaders, uh, you know, at that. Right. And, and, you know, we don't have to, to lay down the hip hop side of us. A part of us is what we love. It's, how we communicate, what brings us joy. And there's a lot of skills that I've gotten, a lot of not, a lot of skills I've gotten from doing it, yeah. a lot of knowledge I've gotten from listening to it. Yes. You know, and even the, even the music that's got the lyrics that maybe don't sit well with some folks, if you actually listen and not judge, yeah. you can learn a thing or two, you know, about your kids, about the environments they might be coming from. Mm-hmm about how might they, be, they might be inter- interpreting the socio-political context that they're living in, yeah. injustice, all of that. And I think it's uh, amazing that we're, we're here at this place and able to merge education and hip-hop. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, and I think there's going to be more to come of it. I totally agree with that, and I want to get back into your past about you being a principal and you writing raps. Now, you know you were a principal in Texas. How many mm-hmm. principal buddies did you have that you was able to <laughs> to rap with when you were a principal? I was on a journey forever to find that long-lost brother. It's like, you know, not having anybody to relate to or even like you come across things in the professional setting that you're dealing with, whether it's a teacher issue or a district issue. And all my hip-hop buddies, I couldn't call them up. Yeah, like, yeah. They're like, man, what you talking about, man? We got this show coming up. I don't want to hear nothing about that. Sorry for the car in the back. Oh, yeah. I mentioned oh, daddy duty, but they don't want to hear none of that. And, and I didn't want to share it with them because a lot of the folks I was creating music with were still from in that marginalized space, yeah. right? Not making a lot of money, really relying on the art form for any type of peace and joy and expression at all. Uh-huh. And so what do I look like complaining about some principal issues? You know what I mean? I got... I'm, at this point, I got my master's. I'm, I'm doing well from a professional standpoint. Yeah. So I couldn't really go to them about that. And it wasn't a world they were living in. Yeah. At the same time, there were no educators that could relate to the struggle of, I don't have the, the time to, to dedicate to my art. Uh, I had to cancel a show. I haven't been able to get that creativity out and produce a new beat or write a new song. Like, what superintendent or principal wants to hear that? You know what I mean? So I was always stuck in that middle space of, like, nobody to talk to. One of my partners from, from college that I used to rhyme with actually ended up becoming a doctor. Uh-huh. So he's like the closest that I had to like living in these two worlds, yeah. right? That we could relate to. But I, it was, he wasn't an educator, so there were still some nuances. But you know, my brother Mervin Jenkins, Spectac, he's a, also a former hip hop artist. 
term principal director at Avid at, at Nearpod now, and you know it's it's, it's good to have somebody. Uh, but definitely, I mean, it took fifteen plus years to to come across somebody with that. Now I know they're out there, so if you're out there, let's connect. Yeah. Whether you're a music lover and an educator or actual hip hop artist, but yeah, there's not. I think there's more out there than we know of. Yeah, and we kind of just are. We get lost in the shuffle, right? Like always trying to juggle. And I mean, I had two separate Facebook, two separate Instagram. Oh, it, it was crazy, man. So, oh man, it, anyhow, I, I totally I, I, get you. I totally get what you're saying, man. I did not mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to give you an amen. I know, <laughs> I know what you're going. I know what you went through. Oh man, that is amazing. We have a lot of students who have that dilemma that you described. They have a creativity. They, they really want to be mixed in the art form, especially now, because it seems like it's so easy for you to become an artist. I got to do is just get so many likes on YouTube or I just got to get so many. Th- what do you say to a young student who, who doesn't know that they can have the best of both worlds? Yeah, absolutely. I've been thinking about this a lot and having conversations because I've been doing even like culturally responsive trainings for district. I just did a bunch of trainings for Chicago public schools yesterday and today. I'll be doing some the rest of the week and they've been a lot of fun. And I don't want to, part of being hip hop is not sugarcoating things, right? We call things for what they are, you know? So even as I was preparing for these CRT trainings, I, I wanted to be authentic. I don't want to hold no punches, et cetera, right? Yeah. But I'm also in a privileged space to do that now. Yeah. That makes sense. I I'm, uh, have my degree now. I have the job experience. I got a great job at Nearpond and Vocabulary. I could be a little more bold. So I'm torn a, a little bit on the advice to give children a hundred to, to be a hundred percent honest. Like part of me wants to say, forget all that code switching, be yourself, make it happen. Yeah. Get the knowledge, do all of that, learn, be smart, be intelligent, yeah. uh, but don't sugarcoat anything. Right. Yeah. But part of me having gone through that as a kid and even as an educator knows it's not that cut and dry. Right. Yeah. You still, until the tide fully changes, you still got to navigate the system as is. Yes. I guess what I would sum up my advice to students would be that you can definitely pursue both. And, you know, you got to find that boundary, right, that you feel comfortable with. You don't have to sacrifice. Even artists like J. Cole today that we love, Kendrick Lamar, they all say, right, play the game to change the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I came up with that single so that I could give you all this other content that's more empowering, uplifting. And it's kind of like that in life in general, right? You got to learn the environment you're in. If if speaking up today is going to eliminate your opportunity to speak up tomorrow and the day after and the day after that, you got to weigh it out. Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I, w- I would encourage students to be thoughtful in how they navigate this world because it's not a perfect world, right? Not yeah. not yet, right? It yeah. never will be because we're all humans. But so you could definitely pursue your art, but I would, I would never, I will always emphasize education. That is the ultimate key in America. Hip hop can take some of us out of out of poverty and create an awesome opportunity, but just based on stats, that's not happening for the majority of folks, right? Yeah. So education is the ticket, and not just formal education, but going to the library, checking out books, researching topics you like, watching videos on YouTube, learning more about uh, different content and different topics that you want to dive deeper into. You can do both. Um, now with hip hop. It's not fair, but it's a little more tricky, right? Yeah. You can be a country artist and 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 do good in school all day long. Yeah. You start dabbling with hip hop now, people are looking at you a certain way, right? Exactly. Also, if you're talking about the system, you know, yeah. which even as a principal, I was rapping about 
social. I was rapping about the the problems with the system that I was a part of at that point. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's tricky to navigate. But my advice is now to students. Also, you got a lot of older cats that have been doing this for a while. Like, don't be too prideful to seek out advice, right? Because again, to echo my boy Babu, hip hop has grown up. So now we actually have resources. Yeah. We have older cats who have been who have navigated education in hip hop. Learn from them, pick their brain, you know, and 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 you know, continue to grow that way. You and I are very passionate about hip hop and the culture of education. So the question is, is is there Basically, what I'm trying to say is uh, my question is an agenda to continue to hide the hip hop culture in places of high poverty. Explain that a whole lot fuller. I remember when I was working in the hood, one of the things we had to do was wear a tie. Automatically, that wasn't going to set off with the kids automatically. They They saw you in one way, but they were trying to say that in order for you to reach the kids, you have to dress this way. You have to talk this way. And I don't know if you can really answer this question, but is do you see a squelching of the of the culture when it's it's pretty much like hip hop has grown up? Do you see people trying to compress it? Yeah, I, I think there's still folks that are scared of its power. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when you've been doing things the old way and then you have a bunch of new superintendents, directors, dress and fly, bow tie, can dance, listening to hip hop, just yeah. a cool group of folks. Of, of course, the the older generation and the old guard, so to speak, is going to maybe not. First of all, it takes away from their power, right? Yeah. Because now you have people showing like, look, I can be myself and still lead this school district. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of takes away from the power of the past, which was you got to do things our way, yeah. right? Yes. So uh, I don't know if it's intentional or, or widespread, but I think there's always going to be some instances of that. Kind of like you hear stories of that teacher that's using vocabulary in the classroom and the kids are loving it and the teacher next door is like, can you be quiet? Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. hey, because because you, you're not comfortable using it, don't mean that I got to stop doing it. Look at my kids are learning. They're engaged. They're having their smile on their face. So there's always going to be kind of the, the, those people who are uncomfortable with it. I mean, but that's with anything you're doing that's good and becomes powerful, right? I mean, that's like kind of hip-hop in the beginning. If you look at the first song, the message, Broken Glass, everywhere, people standing on the corner and they just, just don't, don't care. care. It was it was political from day one, yeah. and look how they warped it. We like it as a commodity, but not if you're empowering each other. You're, if you're telling each other to twerk and do all that, then we'll rock with that. Party so on. This, <laughs> yeah, part, yeah, party on. Go have fun over there in your little corner. But, you know, once it becomes an agent of change and a tool for change, it's always going to make folks uncomfortable, and that's up to us to, to be like, hey, judge me all you want. Say I'm not professional. Say I'm not this and that. I got the same knowledge you got. You want me to flip that switch and let's talk some metacognitive thinking and differentiated instruction and asynchronous and synchronous, right? So, uh, and I've talked to, it's funny, you know, I started thinking of a friend in Fort Bend, actually, in the Houston area, uh, a district leader. We've had that conversation and say, hey, you know what? As long as you can flip that switch and speak and speak both languages, yes, we just got to keep pushing along. We don't got to sacrifice who we are. So, Yes, I totally agree. Ike, you have done a lot of things with vocabulary and now Nearpod. What new things you guys got on the horizon that you can share with us? Or what can you share with our listeners? Um, this Our show is for teachers and educators. And they, we have a, a wide variety of people who listen across the world. 
specifically, y'all have anything that y'all that you want to you know share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, for the folks out there who might not know, the uh, the, the first thing is the fact that you mentioned Nearpod and Flowcabulary. So for all the long-term Flowcab fans, uh, it, it has merged with Nearpod, so it's now one company. Nearpod is the parent company. I was really excited about that because the common thread between both programs and companies was student engagement. Mm-hmm. Now, Nearpod was using VR and pet simulations and, you know, interactive formative assessments and things like that to engage kids and, and check for understanding in real time. Yeah. And so vocabulary fit right into the mix. So that's the first thing I would share is those two companies have now merged. It really is. Obviously I'm biased, but I mean, if I wasn't working for them, I would still believe, and I say this with all sincerity, it's the ultimate student engagement platform, platform right there. When you combine the two of them, you know, you're leveraging all the power that exists in technology and all the power that exists in hip hop and really tapping into student interest in one place. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing we did launch maybe about two weeks ago was interactive video. So the ability to use video to teach, right? And we've always looked at that, that at vocabulary, right? Because ours were music videos. Yeah. But we know teachers are also into using videos, period, whether it's from YouTube or something they find somewhere else online, right? Right. And so this new interactive video feature is going to let teachers embed videos into into their lesson Mm -hmm. and then embed uh, checks for understanding. So like stopping points in the the video. So Uh kids will be watching the video on a science experiment and then two two minutes in, it's going to prompt them, fill out this open-ended question or respond to this multiple choice question. Mm-hmm. And so now, again, it's just taking that student engagement to the next level, being able to go from a VR field trip to a FET simulation, to a vocabulary video, to a YouTube video with embedded questions in it. It's just hopefully it's going to be a game changer for, for teachers. I know a lot of them were relying on video when the pandemic hit. So now to just be able to do all of that within the context of a Nearpod lesson, I think will be powerful. On the FlowCap side, we're still pushing, man. I just got a, a message today from our creative director. He said, hey, can you bang out a song? I said, sure, man. He said, cool, I need the lyrics by Friday. I said, oh, my God. I got all this uh, Chicago trainers that going on. And, you know, but I never turned down the opportunity to, to, to create. That's kind of my creative outlet. Yeah. And then he goes, and don't forget, you got to do the weekend rap next week, too. So uh, I got two flow cap songs coming up soon for the people. Man, that's great. That's great. I got to give it to you, man. You got skills. I ain't going to even hate. I, hey, one of, you guys have some really good songs. As a matter of fact, my son, who is a fifth grader now, loves it. As a matter of fact, when I left my old district, my little license ran out and he was mad. <laughs> so we well, got you got you got to talk to me off air about that. You know, you're my brother. <laughs> yeah, I you got to look out. Up. You got to look out, man, one time. But uh, I want to thank you, Mr. Ike Ramos, for coming on the show. Our time is just about up. Uh, how can our people get in touch with you? You know, part of my new role at Nearpod and Flocabulary is kind of being a brand ambassador. And in addition to supporting some of the large districts across the country, I kind of have some time built in to just do kind of innovative things, connect with teachers, Zoom in the classrooms. Just in Dallas, right before the pandemic hit, hosting a, a poetry slam we did district-wide uh, with fifth graders. Had about 140 schools show up, be represented by students. So uh, because of that, now I've been trying to be a little more active on social media. It's Mr. Ike Ramos. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. M-R-I-K-E. 
R A M O S and uh, M R I K E R A M O S. And, you know, I just, folks out there compete me on that. I'm not unreachable. I try to be, you know, active on there as possible. Now, if you hit me on Facebook, I can't. Can't, can't guarantee you're going to get a response. You know, yeah. I check that once a month, yeah. but uh, I try because I know there's a lot of educators out there with questions or ideas or want to brainstorm or want to stop partner. I try to be pretty active on social media, yeah. especially as of late. So they can hit me there. You know, if it's a little more business oriented and they want to touch, you know, connect with somebody on our team around content or getting vocabulary in their pop for their school. You can send an email, Ike at flowcabulary.com. I'm holding on to the old to the old email address. I'm like the only one. First of all, at Flowcab, I was the only one that wasn't first name dot last name at Flowcabulary. So I came in right when we were still like first name basis. What's up? You know, I yeah, yeah, we I, were so smart. Was, yeah, there was like 20 people, you know, when I came on at Flowcabulary. Yeah. It grew to about 80. So then, you know, they had to, we started having some name duplicates, right? Yeah. You know, we have four, four Emily. We, we, we changed that. And then now, of course, we're at Nearpod and still one of the folks uh, there holding on to the old email. So Ike at flowtabulary.com. If it's a little more kind of business or content related, but otherwise let's connect on social media, keep sharing information, keep sharing resources, best practices. Uh, I mean, we're, we got to remind ourselves we're all in it for the kids. Right. And, and if, if we're sincere about that, why wouldn't we share? And then also, why wouldn't we be open to learning from others doing great work? Exactly. Exactly. All right, man, thank you for your time. And we'll catch up with you next time. Flipboard is a great way to collect articles for classes, show off your school and school spirit and share expertise with peers. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for Flip Tips. Today's Flip Tip is brought to you by my homegirl, Terry Porter, from her blog on Medium.com entitled Making Flipping Easy. There are certain controls in the iOS share dialog box that I use with a lot of flipboards. So I change these settings on my iPad and iPhone to make flipping easy. Number one, I want Flipboard to be my primary app of choice for sharing. Those app icons in the share dialog box are movable. Just press the icon, select, and move it. Number two, there are certain share options only available in Flipboard. These include Promote to Cover, which moves an image you flipped into your magazine to the cover of your magazine. And you can remove from your magazine which gives you the ability to remove a flip. Shout out to my homegirl, Terry Porter, for that flip tip. Thanks, Terry. Flipboard fam, thanks for listening to our episode. I want to give a huge shout out to my boy, Ike Ramos, for coming on and dropping knowledge about hip hop in education. Our next episode is going to be about returning back to school. I also want to give a huge shout out to the people at Flipboard, for making this broadcast possible. Thank you very much. Shout out to Crystal. Shout out to Marcy. Shout out to Aileen. Thank you very much.